I'll keep this short and sweet. Um, the UFC 291, I guess you would call it review, will be out by tomorrow the latest or even tonight. So if you're listening to this, go to Punch Them Out TV, check if it's out. You would know by now more than I do because I still have to edit it. Like the video itself is done, I just have to edit it. There's not going to go a lot of editing into it, but it still needs to get edited and stuff like that. So, it should be out sooner rather than later, guys. But deuces. Remember, follow me, Punch in the Mouth, official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter. You guys can give me ideas for content you want to see. Peace. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Punch the Mouth podcast. I'm Adrian, of course, as always. Um, this one might be a little short. I know I haven't released the Dustin Poirier Gaethje review that's coming. I just have to edit it real fast. And I was going to do a preview of the Jake Paul Nate Diaz fight, but I think it's better if we just review it. And I'm going to get a lot better at doing these videos. I do promise you guys that. But we got PFL this weekend, and before I forget, I forgot to talk about Bellator in the last episode, so we're going to get into that. What else? We're going to talk about Nate Diaz. So, Chris Avila, he's supposed to fight Jeremy Stevens. He did miss weight. I don't know if the fight is still going to go on as planned. Hopefully it does. That, that's going to be a crazy fight. That's the other fight I was looking forward to because I know Chris Avila is a really good fighter. That's the other fight I was really looking forward to, man. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a big fan of the Nick Diaz Army crew. Or Nick Diaz Army. Sorry. It's Nick Diaz Army motherfuckers. That's what he said. <laughs> okay. And then another interesting thing is this guy, Alan Sanchez, who's also part of the Nate Diaz crew. I'm very interested in watching his fight because Nate said leading to the second Connor fight, he boxed with him, and like that guy ended up injuring Nate's rib or something. So I'm very curious to see how this guy's boxing skill is. So I'm really looking forward to that. Both Nate and Jake have made weight, so that's something we got to look forward to. So that fight's on. I didn't know Rob Fon versus Corey Sanhagen was a catchweight because Rob weighed in at 140, uh, 139, not sorry, almost 140, but 139, so that's a catch weight, we'll look at the rankings, see what a win could mean for both guys, so yeah, we're gonna start with Bellator, so let's get into it, man, so originally, Patricky Pitbull was supposed to take on AJ McKee, AJ got staffed, so Patricky ended up fighting Roberto De Souza, who is the rising lightweight champ? Patricky beat him round three with leg kicks. Kyoji Haraguchi and Makoto Takahashi. They were fighting for the Bellator flyweight, inaugural flyweight belt, but 
That ended in a no contest with an accidental eye poke. Kana Wanabi won her fight. Magomed Magomedov defeated Danny Sabatella. Andre Korchkov defeats Lorenz Larkins via split decision. Um, Tofik Mozaev won his fight, but that was the intermission between Bellator Cross Rising 2 and Super Rising 2. Juan Archuleta won his fight on Super Rising 2. Pitbull got knocked out by Suzuki. Hiro Suzuki. And then something happened. Let me see. Oh, man, what happened? Patriki, Pitbull, and Kelber Koiki, Koiki explained backstage confrontation at Bellator vs. Rising 2. On Saturday at the Saitama Super Arena in Saitama, Japan, the doubleheader of Bellator vs. Rising 2 and Super Rising 2 featured the Japanese promotion once again, Best Talents. Both organizations had to offer the Japanese promotion. I don't know if I said that. In Bellator's cage, as well as the Ryzen trademark white ring. So I think the way this worked for Bellator Cross Ryzen, they did the cage. And then for the Super Ryzen 2, they did the ring. The evening marked by some widely entertaining fights. The crowning of two new champions and a candidate for MMA's biggest upset of 2023. At Bellator, as Bellator featherweight champ Patricio Ferry Pitbull faced relatively unheard unhurdled Shihiro Suzuki on just day's notice and was knocked out in the first round. Okay, my problem with the way they are writing this is the what they're saying is 100% factual. Nobody, I've never heard of this Suzuki guy. But what you're not saying is he took the fight on like two days notice, okay? They fought at what weight? At what weight did they fight? Hold on, I'm going to check. At 154, I bet you Patricio wasn't, like, he probably was training, but, like, not training hard. And he just came off of a fight with Sergio Pettis at 135, so, see, this is my problem. And then it goes on, the night, however, word spread, that night, however, word spread of a backstage altercation between a pair of top fighters from each promotion. As former Bellator Lightweight champ Patricky Pitbull's older brother of Patricio and former rising featherweight title holder Kelber Koki were reported Kiyoki, sorry, were reported to have engaged in a physical confrontation that required them to be separated by arena security. The two fighters share some pinnacle history as the younger Fury defeated Kiyoki by decision at the New Year's Eve at the first Bellator vs. Rising event. However, the source of Saturday's incident appears to be resentment over one man helping to train opponents to fight the other or to fight members of the other team that is about the only point upon which the two seem to agree. However, as they spoke separately to Marcelo Alonso, Alonso in the days immediately following Pitbull accused Kiyoki of starting things, in part because the Pitbull brothers have trained Mikuru Azakura to fight him. Kyoki attacked me from behind, he said. He was jealous that we trained Azakura. He got upset because we stayed in Japan training Mr. Azakura, who is his rival. First, he said on his YouTube channel that me and my brother were bitches being used by the Azakura brothers. He also took issue with Kyoki's reaction to Suzuki's stunning knockout 
of his brother, especially compared to how Ferry had acted when Roberto de Souza, Kyoki's teammate and close friend, suffered similar suffered a similar fate that earlier that same night. When I defeated Roberto Saratoshi, I saw Kyoki crying and I went to talk to him. He was very respectful, but after my brother got knocked out, he was celebrating. I just couldn't stand it. My blood boiled because of his fake attitude and I went to him and told him he was a fake son of a bitch. And when he stood up, I put my both hands on, on his chest and pushed him, explained Pitbull. The confrontation was diffused by security, but Kiyoki later went into Pitbull's locker room. When he entered, I was sitting down watching a fight on my cell phone. Someone warned me. I stood up and turned around, and he flying kicked me in the chest. That's a cowardly move. Later, we looked for him in the hotel, but he had escaped. But now that we are in partner promotions, we will meet again soon, said Patricky. I don't know about all that, Patricky, because apparently <coughs> there's going to be an announcement soon between PFL and Bellator. <laughs> it goes. Sheer Dog also went to listen to Kyoki's version of the incident. Unsurprisingly, it differs greatly from Ferry's account. And Kyoki also professed his belief that it came down to a misunderstanding. Though it was the Pitbull brother's fault, as well as, according to him, Patriki was the coward. He said they always brag about their great salaries. They should invest in a real translator. <laughs> Of course, I wasn't happy when I heard the Pitbull brothers were helping my biggest rival. Kyoki admitted about Azakura, con about the Azakura controversy. After I submitted Azakura, he said in all his interviews that he will never retire before beating me. Of course, I didn't like to hear that. Azakura rented a house from eight members of Pitbull's team to stay in Japan, and that the Pitbulls invited him to learn jujitsu in their home city of Natal, but I never said they were bitches brought by the Azakura brothers. Okay, so that's all that needs to be said about that. So let's see if these two guys fight. I'd watch. Just because of all this, I'd watch so bad. So it looks like, let me see if it'll tell me. The next Bellator event is Thorley versus Ward, which takes place in South Dakota on August 11th. And then Johnny Eblen versus Fabian Edwards. And then after that, it gets interesting because I don't think they have any events announced after that. But like I'm telling you guys, look, right now the card for the Johnny Eblen card, they have Johnny Eblen versus Fabian Edwards, Aaron Pico versus Pedro Calvario, Shanaan Kavanaugh versus Sarah Collins, Mad Burnett versus da Daniel Weichel. That guy's still fighting. And Peter Quilly will also be on the card. Now, this is interesting, right, because of everything we've heard. So I wonder if after this event, because then it's Bellator 300. I mean, but they have to finish out the tournament, right? I would assume those are the next couple of events. I don't know if the tournament finishes this year because, let's say, like, look. So you have to put on an event October. Well, let's see. So, it looks like they're taking about a month to do events. So, you ha you're going to put on an event in between November and December. 
Let's say they don't do one in October. One of those events, I would have to assume, would be the two semifinal fights, which would be off the top of my head. Usman Nurmagomedov versus Brett Primus, and then Patricky Pitbull versus um, Shabli. I forgot his first name. But would you put both of those fights on the same card or would it? Because if they're different cards, then you have to wait even longer for the finals. So you wouldn't get the end of the finals until early next year, mid next year. That's if the two semifinals take place this year. What do you guys think, man? I don't know. I mean, I like the Bellator tournaments, but at the same time, it like locks these guys up for too long. Too long. Because the the other thing is, like I told you guys last time, Patchy Minks and Sergio Pettis, they just signed extensions. But what I don't understand is if this PFL deal just absorbs the fighters into the PFL or if uh, they're just partners, like they're just under the same umbrella, like something similar to the WWE and UFC that they're under the same parent company, but they're two different things. I don't know if that's what that's going to be. You know, I wonder. Well, let's move on to this weekend's fights. I did not know Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Fawn was a catch weight of 140. They both weighed in. The fight's going to happen. So it's going to be Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Fawn. Jessica Andrade versus Tatiana Suarez. That's the fight I'm looking for. Dustin Jacoby versus Ke- Kennedy Nashugwu. Nashugwu. I don't know how to say that. Diego Lopez versus Gavin Tucker. Tanner Bozer versus Alexa Kamur, Camur, Dicio Baramondes versus Ludwig Klein, Billy Quantantello versus Damian Jackson, Kyler Phillips versus Rioni Barcelos, Jeremiah Wells versus Carsten Harris, Sean Woodson versus Dennis Bazukaja. All right, that's enough. Is this Cody Durden guy the the controversial dude? It is. It is. Nobody likes this guy. But yeah, it is him. Okay. He's going to fight. So let's look at this. The most interesting fight to me on this card is Jessica Andrade versus Tatiana Suarez. Because if Tatiana Suarez runs through this girl, that's it. There's no denying her. Like if Umar was going to be able to stay on this card and he runs through Corey. There's no denying him. Like, you guys can't be like, oh, let's not talk about her. She's not high up in the rankings. That's it. It's over, okay? Like, it's she, she's next if she wins. Let's see the rankings. Jessica Andrade is number four. Yan Shainan is number three. Rose is going up to flyweight. And then there's Carla. And then you have Tatiana at number 10. Listen to me very closely. And I feel for Yan and I feel for Carla. But if... Tatiana Suarez wins this fight. You don't deny her anymore. You give her the title shot. And I understand that um, Amanda Lemos is going to face the champion right now in August. You give Tatiana the the title shot because the only reason she's not champion is because she kept getting hurt. She was number three at one point, I believe. If she if she beats Jessica Andrade but like runs through her, there's no denying her. She's next. 
I don't care. The only way she's not next is if Wei Li loses. And I don't see Wei Li losing because Wei Li has really good wrestling. And I believe that's where she's going to win in the wrestling department. And also because I understand MMA math doesn't work. But Jessica Andrade has a win over Amanda Lemos, bro. So if she runs through her, it's over. You understand me? Like, let's take Rose out of the equation for right now. Let's just do it. You could have her fight Jan next. This is if, because if, if Jessica wins, you, I would assume you would just give her the rematch with Wei, and Wei Li win. Give her, she deserves the rematch. Because I don't want to say, but I believe Carla is pregnant. Let me see. So, sorry about that. Sorry about that. He is pregnant. She Okay. So, she's pregnant. I remember reading that somewhere. Okay. So, according to this article, she's not going to make a return to early to mid-2024. Okay. By going by what we know. Carla and Rose, you're out. And then after that, all you got is... so. In my fake rankings, for right now, we're going to take out Carla and Rose. Jan Shainan is number one. Amanda Lemos is number two. And Jessica Andrade is number three. Because she's number five. I said she was number four. How huh, when I open this? She's number five. Tatiana Suarez is number ten. So if she beats her, the only other viable option for her right away is Jan Shainan. Because unless, unless... Let's say Tatiana runs through Jessica. They make her to the backup fighter. And I'm going to say something. And I'm a nobody compared to him. But like Ariel, you got to stop with this backup fight. It's a good. They should advocate for it. Because what does that tell the UFC? Okay. What does that tell the UFC? I'll tell you. It tells them they're ready to fight for the belt. At worst case scenario, we'll make them fight one more time. And then we can't deny them the belt anymore or it makes them fight for the belt they're next like stop it ariel jamal hill is not very happy with him either so again if tatiana suarez runs through jessica andrade i could see them doing what they're gonna tell okay you're gonna fight yan shainan but at the same time i could see them not doing that because it leaves a contender because I took out Rose and Carla because, again, Carla's pregnant and Rose is going to fly away for her next fight. So we don't know if she's going to come down to straw weight. So I took them out. So we'll see what happens Saturday. Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Bob. That is a crazy fight. Of course, it was originally supposed to be Umar's, I don't want to say coming out party, but if he would have won, if Umar would have won, it's over, bro. You can't deny him anymore. Because Umar's number, why is Umar number 11, bro? He needs to be higher. But again, if Umar would have won, like all these top five guys, Peter, Corey, Henry, Sean, Marab, that's the fight right there, Marab and Umar. I believe they're going to end up fighting for the vacant belt, honestly. I really do. Because if what... Aljo says it's true and he beats Sean. He's going to go up to featherweight. That's going to leave Marab to fight for the belt. But we'll see what happens. But yeah, if Tatiana Suarez wins, like there's no more denying her. 
Because I believe she's just the champion winning the big crown, bro, honestly. But Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Font, number seven versus number four. Crazy fight. Now, the wildness of Corey Sanhagen is going to be against the technicalness of Rob Font, right? So we have to see, wait and see what happens. I'm going to tell you something. The Rob Font that by Adrian Yanis shows up, it's over, okay? Like, over, over. Like, that guy is unbeatable. That guy, and now you're going to tell me, whoa, Adrian Yanis is not that good. Fuck that. Adrian Yanis is awesome, all right? He's awesome. Like, that Rob Font world champion Rob's not beating him Umar's not beating him that Rob Font world champion undefeated but we gotta see what happens right because Corey Sanhagen's the man but we'll see man we shall see I'm excited for these fights unfortunately it goes on alongside Nate Diaz versus Logan Paul I'm excited for that fight too like I understand it's Logan Paul but you guys know what a big supporter of the Diaz brothers I am. Let's look into it. I think I have it in a different one. Jake Paul takes on Nate Diaz in a cruiserweight fight. Amanda Serrano takes on Heather Hardy at featherweight. Alan Sanchez takes on Angel Beltran. I'm really excited for that fight. Chris Avila takes on Jeremy Stevens. Again, Chris Avila missed weight. Sharacia Green takes on Olivia Curry. Jose Aguero takes on Noel Cavazos. Luciano Ramos takes on CJ Hamlet. Hamilton, sorry. Kevin Newman the second takes on Kilo Madera. Ashton Slive Slive takes on William Silva. Can't wait, cannot wait. And again, it's gonna be on ESPN Plus as well as the Zone. So. I was originally going to do a breakdown on a YouTube video, but I'm not going to be able to edit in time because today is Friday. These take a lot less time to edit because it's just audio. But here's what I believe is going to happen. Because what I realize is Jake's not known to throw combinations. Like he's used to like doing enough to win the round. But he's not used to throwing combinations. Or Nate's going to be in his face. Nate's going to throw punches and bunches. This is what I believe. I believe Jake will probably win round one through four. I honestly believe that. But then the fifth, I believe Nate's going to win the later rounds. Or I could be wrong and Jake knocks him out. I will be devastated because I will always support the Diaz brothers. And people will not leave me alone about it, okay? But here's what I think the key to victory for Nate is. Go to the body, use the jab, and that hook to the liver that he does where he throws all his weight into it. For Jake, just don't get caught in Nate's combinations. Because he's going he's gonna to throw punches, I'll tell you that much. And then this whole thing about him getting cut, I don't think it's going to happen. And because of the gloves, there's no elbows. Like a lot of times, if you see the Diaz brothers, they get cut. It's because they either get hit with a kick or they get elbowed in the face. But can you honestly tell me you ever seen them get cut from a punch? Like when Jorge cut Nate, it was after he kicked him. Because he rocked him and like Nate went down. So Jorge threw a kick and it caught Nate as he was going down. So he wasn't considered a down opponent. That's where he got cut and the elbows. 
you know. So this whole factor about Nate getting cut up, I don't think it's going to happen because I believe he's also fixed a, fixed a lot of his scar tissue. I don't know, but I believe so. But, man, it's, I, I believe it's going to be a good fight again. I'm really looking forward to Alan Sanchez's fight with Angel Beltran and Amanda Serrano versus Heather Hardy. It's a good card. And then, of course, Chris Avila versus Jeremy Stevens. I don't know if that fight's going to take place because he missed weight, like I said. Let me see if I can find anything. Oh, yeah, and PFL's happening this weekend. We're going to get into that, too. I should have done that after the Bellator thing. Sorry. I didn't. Here goes. 17 of the 18 fighters scheduled to compete Saturday successfully made weight, with the exception of Chris Avila. He weighed in at 173, at 170.3 pounds for his bout with former UFC standout Jeremy Stevens. 2.3 pounds over. Dang, he was supposed to weigh in at 168. The battle is expected to proceed as scheduled with a Avila forfeiting an undisclosed percentage of his purse as penalty. I mean, there you go. Jeremy Stevens said the fight will happen, so the fight's going to happen. The main card starts at 5? Wait. Yeah, 5. Let's go to P. Okay. Dude, so that if the main card starts... Because my understanding is the main card is the Heather Hardy versus Amanda Serrano and Jake and Nate. That's it. Everything else is the undercard. So if the main card starts at 5, the girls will fight at 6. So these guys are going to fight no later than 7, 7.30, I would assume. And the UFC card than that, I believe, starts at 7. Let me look to make sure. Well, it says 6 right here. So we shall see, man. We shall see. It should be good. So Bubba Jenkins will take on Pinedo. And this is tonight. So I'm going to try to get this up as fast as possible. Silverio will take on Flores. Baraga will take on Wade. Hamlet will take on Kantiznayev, and Kantiznayev is the guy that Joaquin Buckley, like, he spun around and kick, kicked him and knocked him out, like, the most viral knockout ever, that's that guy. So, yeah, that's the tournament. But, yeah, the, the this merger or acquisition by Bellator, I mean, not Bellator, by PFL, let me see if I can find any more information on this. If not, I will reach out to some people. Okay, this is by a website called MMA News. I don't know how reliable they are, so let's take it with a grain of salt. PFL to announce merger with Bellator in August, said to also part ways with ESPN. I don't know if that's a good idea, if that's true. Signing Francis Ngannou may not be the only big move the PFL ends up making this year. The PFL may be on the verge of a couple of major changes in the form of merging with Bellator and moving on from ESPN. Following on a tweet where PFL chairman Don Davis said the promotion was spending a, the month of July working towards big a big development that would be revealed in August, Todd Atkins claimed that the PFL's announcement will see them merge with Bellator and also partner with a new distributing platform for events. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Don't go to Showtime. Like For whatever reason, Showtime cannot... Figure out the MMA game. And this is Atkins. Atkins insider PFL slash Bellator merger will be a part of August's announcement along with the move to a new distributing platform. 
what platform you're gonna go to disown i mean if this is true the the matchup everybody clamoring for as far as the women division goes would be um kayla harrison versus chris cyborg although some steam from that did let let, let off because she lost to um larissa pacheco but still something you would want to see right it goes on to say, if Atkins' reports turns out to be accurate, the PFL could significantly bolster its roster by merging with the promotion's biggest North American competitor outside of the UFC. I mean, yeah, but the problem is, <laughs> like, that makes that report that I heard from the guy that, oh, the one championship, PFL, um, UFC, they're all going to have their pick. I'm like, that makes no sense unless they all invested in the company, which I know is something the UFC is not going to do because they just merged with WWE. I mean, the problem is the fan base, right? I'm pumped for this. Can you imagine the matchups? You have Brendan Lockhane versus AJ McKee. Again, the he- again I'm going to be honest with you. The heavyweights and... Bellator don't entitle their heavyweight champions Bader. Like, do you honestly think Bader's gonna give Francis and Ganu a hard time? No. And I love Bader. And it sounds like I'm shitting on him, which I'm not. The news that Bellator might be up for sale emerged earlier this year following comments made by Ariel Hawani on the MMA hour. In the months since there has been all kinds of speculation around the potential buyers for the promotion. Atkins had previously claimed that the PFL were close to finalizing a deal. To purchase Bellator. And then remember, remember, remember that weird thing I told you guys about? Earlier this month, the discovery of several UFC.com profiles for Bellator fighters sparked speculation that the MMA leader had swooped in to buy the promotion, like it had previously done with Strike Force in 2011. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Do not compare Strike Force to Bellator. Strike Force had some guys. Okay. Say what you want. Strikeforce had some guys. UMMA fans would try and argue that Bellator's roster can match the UFC in terms of depth. Yes, and there's some guys. Not everybody, but there are some guys. Again, Umar, AJ, um, Vadim Nenkov. Not, um, again. And it sounds like I like Bader a lot, but I just know it won't happen for him in the UFC. I just, especially right now. First of all, John Jones already beat him at light heavyweight. Okay. The Pitbull brothers are there. Again, Sergio Perez, I don't know. Like, unless something's changed, I don't see him succeeding in the UFC the way he did in Bellator. And maybe because, maybe it's the same thing for everybody else, right? But because, and I understand Mike Chandler's only won two fights in the UFC. But that guy's been competitive in all his fights. Like, he was well on his way to winning against Dustin Poirier and got caught. Um, he was well on his way to fighting Charles, Ol- to beating Charles Oliveira. He actually did fight Charles Oliveira. To beating Charles Oliveira, he got caught. So, for me, it's not that he can't compete. It just comes down to game plan, you know? And it goes on to say... The talent available in Bellator makes the idea of a merger with PFL quite interesting. It really does. 
but the suggestion that PFL may be leaving ESPN could also turn out to be a double-edged sword. That's true, too. Like, where are you going to go? You're going to go to DAZN? With all the changes DAZN has made than what it previously was for its inception that was really affordable and you would get all the fights, but then you couldn't keep that model up because of the pandemic and um, you had Canelo leave and you promised him all this money and you wanted to change your deal with him. Like, where are you going to go? DAZN? You're going to go to Paramount Plus? Where are you going to go? Like, honestly, like, yes, Francis left the UFC, but he was still going to be on ESPN. Like, the, this whole thing, of the, if, if this turns out to be true and they leave ESPN, like that whole thing of me barking up the tree of, well, ESPN could make the John Jones versus Francis fight if they want to. Because ESPN could go in there and overwrite that and be like, we write the fucking checks, bro. Right? Can they not? And then they'd be like, okay. Disney, Disney, like, yo, Dana, we write the checks, you know? Like, where would they go? That's all I'm asking. Where would they go? It goes, the promotion would be able to further distance itself from the UFC by moving off of ESPN. But it would also potentially require MMA fans to spend more money for whatever platform the organization decides to partner with. Again, it goes, where are you going to go? Is there going to be a new one that nobody is going to want to invest their money in like if you're in sports you want to be on espn like or is another thing it could be is that hbo is going to try and come back into sports they just released that documentary with oscar de la hoya you don't think that it could be a sign of hbo boxing coming back or it could be a sign of hbo wanting to get into the mma game but then again is it going to be feasible because everybody's high on bare knuckle, but like I've told everybody, look, look at what happened to my friends in Trilogy. Everybody thought they were going to be the next big thing. Who was yelling off the rooftop that these guys weren't going to last? I'll wait. Me. Okay? Like, I honestly, and it sucks because Mike Perry's a star in that. But I honestly don't believe bare knuckle is gonna is gonna be around for much longer i mean it was what it was but like did you hear what i forgot his name that he had to get a mortgage he had to like get a mortgage out on his house to put up the event like what like dude i understand it's your dream but if you have to take out a loan not a mortgage loan sorry if you have to take out a loan out of your house like is it really worth it? You know what I mean? And that makes sense why he said what he said about Francis and Ghana being too expensive. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, Punch the Mouth Official, on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter or X now, whatever they call it. And please make sure you're following Punch in the Mouth TV on YouTube. Peace, guys. Later. Deuces. Have a great weekend.